With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Big Ticket Variety and iHeart's movie podcast. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. In today's episode, I'm sitting down with Milo Ventimiglia, who is talking about his new movie, The Art of Racing in the Rain, crying during Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and why Warner Brothers wouldn't cast him as Batman. All that and more coming up after the break. Hey, y'all, what's up? It's Jess Hilarious, and I'm just making sure y'all know that I got a podcast called Carefully Reckless on the Black Effect Network. I'm going to be telling y'all all my business and telling y'all other people's business, too. It ain't no limits to the things I talk about. Y'all know that if y'all know me. From baby mama drama to healthy relationships, from child support to stimulus checks, Look, when you take a step back and you realize that we all go through crazy stuff and we got stories to tell, those situations do not define you. But they do make for a real good conversation. <laughs> In a world where clickbait and cancel culture can tell your story before you do, I'm creating an outlet to remind people that we still human crazy and we can all laugh about it. Don't stress over it. Bring your problems to me. I promise I won't judge you, but I might crack a joke or two. Don't be scared. It'll be respectful and messy at the same time. Just make sure you tune in. Listen to Carefully Reckless every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Milo Ventimiglia. How are you, Mr. Milo? I'm doing well. Thanks, Mark. Congratulations. Thanks, what man. What should I congratulate you about um, first? Emmy nomination. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank so what you. does that feel like? You, um, know, you know the feeling. Honestly, I, I didn't think it was coming my way this year. Why'd you say that? Because there are so many great actors giving so many great performances that, you know, going into a fourth season of the show, even though we came out of a great third season, I felt like, oh, you know what? Other, other actors need to get recognized. Right. And so it was It was a surprise. I was honestly, I was surprised. So how do you celebrate on set? What do you guys do? Um, I don't know if there's so much celebration on set. More is there, the more there is just, you know, congratulations going around to the group. Right. You know, I mean, I, I am one-tenth of Jack. I'm the face of Jack, maybe. Mm -hmm. But there are the, the clothes they could put on me. There's the hair and makeup that gets put on me. There are the words coming out of my mouth. There's the crews that are pointing cameras and lighting and gripping and feeding and, and all of us. <laughs> so for me, I feel like I'm just a piece of who Jack Pearson is. Mm -hmm. And collectively, the group of us, we can all equally congratulate one another for 
you know, my nomination or Mandy's nomination or Sterling or or the show or anything. It's like we are all a part of it. No one person is completely responsible for it. Well, it's amazing because the whole show gets nominated. Too. Yeah, so which is great. Yeah. Individuals, it yeah. really is a testament yeah. to what you're saying that it's yeah, you know, it's, it's group really, effort. It takes a village. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it takes does. A village. So do you have your acceptance speech written? <laughs> I got a couple of thoughts and ideas. I mean, li listen, you know, that that's the real truth. It's like, you know, I may be standing up on a stage. I may be sitting in an audience. I try not to get too far ahead, but also respectful to the, the group of people that are assembled there. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, go up and, and know what you're going to say and know what you're going to say in 45 <laughs> seconds and, and then uh, move on. Well, I'm glad you say that because there's a lot of people when I ask them that, like, I'm not going to win. Well, you're one of what, five people? Yeah, yeah. you can. Oh, no, that, and you that's the thing. You have a good yeah. chance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's very real. So, I mean, I, I was, I tend to just plan in general. Not mm -hmm. plan so much as prepare. Actually, yeah, I prepare. I don't plan, I prepare because plans are always going to change. But if you're prepared for something the moment that it comes, well, then you're always going to be ready. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there is a chance. Got to got to prepare for both sides of it. So, do you have that face when the camera goes on you if you lose? Oh God, do do? I have no clue. <laughs> that, that, that's nothing you can plan or prepare for. You just, you know, smile. You, yeah, just smile. <laughs> Be happy. I mean, the the good news is we're all there in celebration, right. you know, and hopefully we can shine a light on the work that we're all doing, and not diminish the great work of others that right. aren't in that audience wearing those dresses and tuxedos and all right. that because i mean filmmaking tv making it's it's difficult it's mm -hmm. hard it's hard to get something made so when you get something on the air no matter what the level of someone uh celebrating or damning it it's like that's uh, really hard right so i kind of celebrate all of it so jason bateman sent you a little oh, yeah. gift yeah. tell me about that well last year he'd sent something and then this year yeah he'd sent uh, over a box of nice wines and some bars of chocolate and I put the nice wines up on the shelf uh, for people that come to my house um, and then I tore into the chocolate and I was like this is delicious so but it's yeah it's it's cool I, I, I've actually I've never met him really but I've been a fan of him since like since I was a kid you wow. know everybody's a fan of Jason Bateman and so he's sending you wine and chocolate yeah 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 it's um it's like how to get my address you so know? I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot what'd you send in return uh, I, I, I tweeted at him. I tweeted at him. You're a, you're, you're a gentleman and a, and a goddamn sweetheart. Okay, let's talk about the art of racing in the rain. Sure. Did you read the book first? How did it all come about? I didn't. So I got the script first, and my reps were like, hey, look, if, if you respond to this and you respond to this tonight, like we're going to make a really hard push because I think there were a lot of other actors that have been trying to land this role. Mm -hmm. And so I, uh, I read it. I loved it. I said to my, my crew, I'm like, go get it. And the next day, they got it. Um, it was just, you know, Mark Bombeck is such a talented writer. And then I went the other direction and, and I read Garth Stein's book. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, of course, a great writer can take, or a great screenwriter can take a great novel right. and come up with a great script. So, and then as everything was assembled, Simon Curtis directing and Amanda Seyfried, coming to play yep. my wife and, and Kevin Costner being the voice. And so it was, it just felt like one of those things that it's like leaves falling on the ground. They're all just kind of like gently landing in mm -hmm. place to create something beautiful. And that's what it felt like. Right. 
the whole filming of it felt like that. It felt like magic was magic was just kind of happening. Wow. And we weren't forcing it and we weren't overworking it. It was just happening hmm. on all levels with the camera, with everything. And it just it, if if people are enjoying the movie, it's because we loved making right. it. We really, truly, truly loved making it. So tell me about Denny and tell me about the story. Uh, so <clears throat> Denny is a uh, race car driver, and the film is about Denny, this race car driver, who has this dog. And the film takes place over the course of the dog's life from puppy until he's old. And the film is narrated by the dog as he watches Denny go through auto racing, meeting a woman, falling in love, having a family, uh, the ups and downs of life, the realities of life. Um, but Enzo, his dog, has this elevated point of view. Enzo wants so desperately to be a human, <laughs> you know, but he understands that uh, he's a dog. <laughs> so what he's pretty much trying to do is soak up as much of humanity from this man and this family as he can. Mm -hmm. So in his next life, when he is a human being, he can apply everything and be the best human being he can. So what was harder, racing the cars or working with a dog? Racing the cars because I was in a parking lot not going <laughs> anywhere. Zero miles, they zero point they zero. They didn't let you do no, anything. No, man, it's like playing a heroin addict, but you don't push the drug. It's like, no, they're not going to let me on a racetrack. No way. I did once. I That's did. awesome. I, went, I did a story on NASCAR. You did? And I went in a pace car. Oh, wow, yeah. So first they drove me around mm -hmm. and, you know, scared the crap out of me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you could drive. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm like, how... How fast can I go? They're like, you probably go up to like 120. Okay. But I'm going 120 on like the inside of the track. They're like, you could get yeah, up go a little all bit. The I'm way like, up. Let, let no the, way. Let, yeah, yeah. I was too scared. Yeah. You get into some like Einstein, Einstein stuff. <laughs> yeah. You MC yeah. Square. Yeah. And, uh, and I can like every time I would take the band, I'd go to put on my signal and they're like laughing <laughs> at me. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's just an automatic, <laughs> sure. you know, you're going to turn, you put your signal on. You're, you're but there's amazing. obviously in a pace car or a race yeah. car, there's no No, you, you don't indicate to the guy behind <laughs> you what you're doing right. or the guy in front of you. Um, no, I, 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 uh, we had professional drivers. Mm -hmm. You know, my job was to, to be a father. Right. Uh, to uh, Ryan Keir Armstrong, my, my job was to be a husband, to mm -hmm. Amanda Seyfried, be a dog owner to our couple Enzos we had. Um, so I'd say not being able to drive was harder than working with the, mm. the dogs. The dogs were incredible. And early on, I'd said to our, our, uh, our trainer, Teresa, I was like, I know that the dogs are going to be trained to go from point A to point B, but I need a scene partner. Mm -hmm. I need some someone that I can look them in the eye and feel what I need to give back. You know, I mm -hmm. need a scene partner. So there was a lot of technicality with on set. I was kind of the only one allowed to to uh, love and hug and play with the mm -hmm. dogs uh, aside from the trainers. Right. Like the crew wasn't allowed to. So I, I almost feel like it was a bit of trickery where – the dogs were like, oh, man, there's Milo. I'm going to go hang out oh, with him because wow. I know Got he's going to scratch me until right. I fall asleep. Um, but they were really just wonderful. You know, and they had different personalities. We had Butler, who was nine. Mm -hmm. He was rambunctious, but he was supposed to be the older, slower Enzo. And we had Parker, who was two, who was a lot more soulful. Mm -hmm. Um, but just, yeah, it was, it was a very beautiful experience. But did you want to bring them home with you at the end of the day? Yeah. Parker I did Parker and I like that's my guy 
We did. Because how, yeah. how long was the shoot? Uh, three months. Yeah, so that's a, mm-hmm. you know, the dog's going to get attached to you. Yeah, and I'm going to get attached to the dog. But Parker, <laughs> Parker already had a mom and a dad, so it was like, you know, I think that'd be kidnapping. Uh, so what did you like about Denny? I liked his earnestness. Mm-hmm. I liked his simplicity. I liked uh, his focus and his drive. Um, I liked that he was a good dad. I liked that he was a good husband. Um, he he was not a complicated man. Mm-hmm. He liked his cars, his wife, his kid, and his dog. Yeah, yeah, very very simple. Um, but it was also it was what was put upon him was great deal of stress Mm. Uh, the car sometimes things with the wife sometimes things with the kid um, things outside of his control or desire Um, but how he redirected and course corrected and kind of the idea between you know racing in the rain you know it's going to be rain you're going to have horrible horrible uh, weather and circumstances but you have to have a way to get around it and through it Mm. and it applies to life and that's that, that was the great part about playing Denny was everything the stresses and the trials and, and the tough times and things that came his way he always found a way to just go through them you know and are you like that yeah I think so I yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean I when I was younger when I was younger um, I got put into honors classes when I was a kid but when I took the test for these honor classes, the testing organization was like, listen, Milo's not as naturally gifted and smart as the other kids, but he outworks them all. Hmm. So we want to put him in honors classes because he outworks them all. It may take him three or four times as long, but he's always going to beat these other kids because he'll work four times harder. So I did. I went into honors classes and I'm like, wait, 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 mom and dad, hold on a second. <laughs> You're telling me you set me up to work four times as hard when really I wasn't naturally gifted to be there. And they were like, yeah, but we knew you could do it. When did they tell you you weren't naturally I was, gifted? I was in third grade. <laughs> but for me, that was also like, now that I reflect and think back about it, like I do, like I bust my ass. Like I may not be the best actor, but I'm always going to work at it because I always want it to be great. It may not be... Um, I don't know, you just, you, you work at things so yeah. much because you desire a positive outcome. And my, me personally, I always want to impact people positively. And I know I haven't always done that, but I try. So I think, you know, that's, that's what I was trying to do is just, just work hard through, through things. And this movie is a nice alternative to the big summer blockbusters, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a 85 minute in and out, good for the whole family but it's not animated it's not a, a kid's <laughs> film but your kids are going to understand it like i'm mm. this is the first film that i know like my nieces and nephews are going to be able to go to they didn't see you with j-lo they didn't see me with j-lo <laughs> no the they didn't see me with jennifer no they didn't see me in the shower with jennifer no they did not you know my god kids things like that so but at the same time my sisters my god kids parents you know my, my best friends like they're all going to be able to see it and watch it Wow, that's great. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's really a, a beautiful film that uh, that was put together by a lot of talented artists. And t- tell me about working with Amanda. Did she sing it all for you? She has that voice. Um, she didn't. She didn't. <laughs> she, I think feel like she had had a guitar in her trailer, but I never heard it. <laughs> Amanda is one of the most talented actors I've ever been around. Yeah, it wasn't that I believed her performance. She believed 
her performance. Mm. She believed her experiences she was going through were real. And because of that, I was daily just floored by what she right. was doing. And no spoiler, but she goes through it. She goes through it. Yeah. Um, but then, at the same time, mm. when cut is called, she's right da- back into like the dirtiest joke or like really? the funniest <laughs> meme or like, oh my God, Milo, did you see this? And you're like, who are you? <laughs> Yeah, she's she's incredible. She's incredible as a human being, but as an artist, like I really was just watching her, and she believes this experience, mm. this this character that she's living, and so you, the only thing to do is go along with her mm. and believe as much as she does, and and give it all back to her. And it seems like this summer is a summer of, or this year is a year of car movies. So you have this, mm-hmm. Ford vs. Ferrari. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. I just uh, interviewed Lee Pace, who stars oh. in the DeLorean biopic as yeah. John DeLorean. Oh, really? No way. And there was a DeLorean documentary. Really? What is it about racing? Why, why is that such a great storyline? Why is that so great to be part of a story? I think in, it's one of the only places where engineering and real true heart come in to mm. play together mm. you know and and risk and danger and you know life-threatening circumstances for what for glory for credibility for adrenaline adrenaline <laughs> for your loved ones it's i think there's something about a car movie that we can all relate to also mm-hmm. you know whether you're in your car for the enjoyment of being in your car or you're in it for, man, I got to get to work. Right. Like we're all kind of in that world. So we all have this connection. It's like, I don't know. That was a horrible answer, but. It's good. It's a good answer. Not bad. So you you know, you, like you said, you worked through it. No, this one I was sitting in the audience for. I wasn't standing <laughs> on the stage. I was sitting in the audience for that one. <laughs> um, I mentioned blockbuster <laughs> movies. So, yeah, you know, you're going up against movies like Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Are you a fan of those big franchise superhero? Things? I mean, I'm. Uh, I watched the very last Avengers because well, it was the very last Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go see Hobbs and Shaw because I'm a big Dwayne Johnson fan. Right. Um, the the comp the competition right. side of things. I'm like, there's a lot of great movies out there for a lot of different people. Not right. everybody's gonna want to see a movie about a man and his dog. Not everybody's right. gonna want to see a movie about two guys in their car it's fast <laughs> it's like there's something for everybody but i think at the end of the day when people watch art of racing in the rain that feels like one of the films that sits with people longer than just the popcorn experience right. the bucket of popcorn right. and the soda that you drink in the theater it's something that on a human level it sits down inside of who you are right. who we all are and then you start thinking about it mm-hmm. and then you start thinking about your own trials and victories in life. And then you start talking about it with your loved ones. And then they start going to see it. So I, I'm not concerned so much with competition right. above other films. I just want people to enjoy this. And if you see it and you love it and you're talking about it and that next person you're talking to loves it or goes and sees it and loves it, that's just, that's great. Right. Like that's what I, I know I strive to do as an artist is like just make an impact with people. On, on an emotional human level and hopefully, you know, be a part of projects that can do that. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, Milo reveals why Warner Brothers wouldn't cast him as Batman. 
Okay, let's go. So we're supposed to be sticking to the script. But we ain't. Because <laughs> that's just not what we do. It's your girl, Tam Bam, y'all. And it's AJ Hey. And we're giving a whole bunch of good, bad advice. And a lot of bad, great <laughs> advice. <laughs> we're trying to teach you how to say when, how, and how much, y'all. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Now, that doesn't always have to apply to your sex life, ladies. It can absolutely apply to your career. Unless your sex life is your career, then it's interchangeable. <laughs> We're talking about a whole lot of sex. I love the sex. Hey, and a bunch of money. We love the money. And relationships. Yeah, We're going to work on that. <laughs> so listen to our new show, We Talk Back, every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now we're back. Here's more of Milo. You're also the voice of Wolverine. I was. <laughs> I was one of them. I was one of them. So you, you did your time in the superhero world. You want to do, yeah. want to do more of that? Could you see yourself in a, one of the um, big superheroes? Do I see myself in a cape and a cowl? Yeah. Um, Warner Brothers didn't. So, uh, <laughs> But um, I don't know. I don't Tell know. me about that Warner Brothers experience. Um, which Warner Brothers experience? Well, you said Warner Brothers didn't want to see you in the cape and the cowl. Oh, they were, oh, they were looking for a new Batman. Yeah. And this event to you're too old. And I what? went, oh, cool. How old were you at the time? This is uh, like a few months ago. <laughs> what? Yeah. This town is it's ageist. Okay. No, it's okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. By the way, I'm kind of, I'm kind of busy. So it's you okay. Are kind of I'm kind of busy. It's okay. Um, and I'm a fan. I'm, I've always been yeah. a fan of Batman. I've Who's always, your favorite Batman? You know, oh, man. I, Christian Bale, I think, was a killer Batman. But but also like I think he was an incredible Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. you know he was able to play both sides of Bruce Wayne, um, but like Michael Keaton, and I like and I, and I see the benefits of of George Clooney and Val Kilmer and even Ben Affleck. It's like there's a whole bunch. There's, there's and Adam any, West and Adam, Adam West, West way back when. <laughs> yeah yeah. The other day I was I wrote something on Facebook about Batman and I said something like watch out Christian Bale. And everyone's like what about Adam West. Two different schools of Batman. Very different. Very different schools of Batman. Batman. (laughs) But um, no, I don't know the superhero world. Maybe I'm just playing real life superheroes for right now. You know, Jack Pearson, Denny Swift. You know, they're they're real attainable superheroes that are out there in the open. They're they're representing good guys and and good fathers and things like that. When was the last time you cried at the movies? And you're not allowed to say your own. <laughs> um, I might have teared up during Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Why is that? And because as an actor, you're watching DiCaprio go through it, and you're just like, "Holy shit, I've kind of maybe been there." Which, which scene? I'm not saying. I'm not saying. How many trailers have you destroyed? Huh? Actually, no. I've never destroyed a trailer. I've yeah. never destroyed a trailer. I hang my costumes up at the end of the day mm-hmm. because you respect your crew. Um, you have to, but. But do you go it's, through those feelings of self-doubt? It's, it's the self-doubt. It's the self-doubt. It's I'm not good enough. Like, what is your problem? Like, you were studying all night, but then you were distracted. Why did you get distracted? Mm. You have one thing to do, show up and perform the task you've been hired to do. And if you mm. can't do that when the camera's rolling, what the fuck are you here for? Mm. So when's the, what, what was the Sorry, that's, that's <laughs> con- those, those, are, those are like conversations no. with myself that I've had with myself. You know what? Yeah. Got, listen. We all have them. I have them yeah. all the time. I, and I've said this a gazillion times on this podcast. I pinch myself every day, mm-hmm. and that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. I'm just this poor little Jewish kid from Queens, New York, 
what am I doing? How, how did I get here? And I know it's hard work. And then but there are yeah. days where like all of a sudden you can convince yourself mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, I don't deserve to be here. They're gonna find out yeah. I'm a fraud. Yeah, yeah. So how, do, those, how do you get through it? Um, <laughs> working harder. Mm-hmm. Like the morning, the, the morning of the Emmys, I woke up and I was like, you know what, it's not going my way, that's fine. Um, you know what, just start studying. Right. Go back to work. Right. So I cracked open my script, I start working. I get up, I take a shower, I kind of look at my watch, and I was like, oh, it's, it's about that time when lead actor's going, and I'm like, ah, oh, it didn't come my way. So I literally hit the books. And then I kind of glanced over, grabbed my phone, and looked, and right when I looked, it was like, boom, there was my name. And I was like, oh, oh wow, okay. And then I put my phone down, I picked my mm-hmm. script back up, and I got back to work. Wow. For me, it's always the work. It's the preparation. And mm-hmm. then once you get on set, it's the actual like real work you're doing with your co-stars and your crews and everything right. around. And like that's, for me, the most satisfying place of existence for an actor is being on that set. Mm-hmm. And you see it in DiCaprio in that moment when the little girl says, that's the best acting I've ever seen. And he just sits there in it for just that one split second because he was there from action to cut. And the second it was done, it was like, but that it's over. But it happened. Mm. But it happened. You're always, I'm always striving for that moment where I go, wow, that just happened. That just happened. We all need the little girl in our ear. <laughs> or somebody or a <laughs> yeah, director or a right. co-star. Or right. you know what? I got to say it, even ourselves. Right. We need ourselves to like pick ourselves yeah. up. It's like Snoop Dogg when he got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He's like, I want to thank me for showing up <laughs> and all this. And like, that was the coolest thing I've ever, I've ever seen. So I just heard your acceptance speech at the Emmys. What's that? I want to thank me. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Listen, Snoop, Snoop is in a class, a class of his own. I'm not going to do, trust me, I'm not going to thank me, man. I'm not going to thank me. I'm the last person to get, to get thanked. Um, what's a movie that you could watch over and over again and never get bored? Like you're just flipping through, whether it's Netflix or an actual TV. Oh man, I could probably give you like five or six. I mean, when Goodfellas, Goodfellas or Godfather are on, it's like you you know you're home. When Armageddon mm-hmm. is on, you're like, oh god, I'm just, I, I'm so excited to be home. Armageddon, uh, really? Armageddon, kind of yeah. almost any Tom Tom Cruise movie. A lot of Tom Cruise movies. Um, um, but then even like, like there's like documentaries that I watch over and over and mm-hmm. over again, just because they're fascinating. Like this one about Ayrton Senna called Senna. Mm-hmm. He was a racing, racing driver, Formula One in, yep. in the eighties, died in 94. But just the human story behind it is amazing. Right. Um, I guess those movie. What was the first R rated movie you saw? <laughs> American Werewolf in London. You know right away. Uh, yeah, I know right away because I know exactly where I was. Where I, was on, I was on family vacation with my mom and dad and my sisters, and we were at a hotel in San Diego, and mom and dad were in that bed, and it was me and my sisters, my two sisters in this bed over here, and I was little. I might have been like, I, mean, I don't even know what year the, the movie know. came out, but uh, my parents had taken the TV and turned it toward them, but <laughs> I was on the farthest edge closest to them of the bed and so I was watching American Werewolf in London like this is oh my god oh there's a dead guy there's a dead guy I can't see that but I couldn't stop yeah that was the first R-rated film I'd ever seen mm-hmm. what was the first audition for a movie you went on remember uh, the first audition I went on for a film was for a movie called Radio Flyer okay with Tom Hanks yeah, and yeah, Elijah yeah. Wood yeah. I was uh, 12 years old and it was an open casting call 
And my dad brought me up to L.A., and I remember it was at this, it felt like a school playground, but it wasn't. I think it was more a parking lot. <laughs> and there were 1,500 kids wow. lined up to go in, and we all had numbers and tags and whatnot. And one by one, they kind of brought us through, and they'd look at us and sep- start separating us out. And then they they narrowed it down to like seven kids of the 1,200, and I was one of them. I was like, whoa, Dad, this is crazy. And that was it. I auditioned. It didn't go my way, but I was... You were hooked. Yeah. Uh, well, it wasn't that I was hooked. I just, I thought, wow, out of a group of 12, 1,500, whatever it was, I'm like, I made it to seven. Mm. Huh. And I like doing this. I like doing this. Dad, can I keep doing this? He's like, yeah. You know, and like he and my mom were always super supportive. I, you know, I'd, I would do repertory theater when I was a kid. I'd, wow. do, I'd do plays in high school. Um, when I'd have, you know, another audition mm-hmm. when I was 16, an open cattle, cattle call that didn't go as great as that one, I still went. So for me, it was like, oh, this is, I, I like this. Let me see where this goes. And the first film you booked? First film I booked. Mm, I think I was 20, 21. Um, oh man, I, I don't know what the first film I ever booked was. I never trust IMDb, so I'm never going to trust them. I always um, have to ask. No, I... Because I'll say like, well, it was this, and everyone's like, no, where did you get fi- that? Fil- film? I can't remember. I remember TV. You, remember did, some, TV? you did some fun yeah, TV. Well, but I did like <laughs> stuff that we all grew up on. It was yeah, like right. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Saved by the Bell, uh, uh, Easy Streets. Like I played a young Ken Olin when I think I was 18 years old. Really? Yeah, in a flashback. And Ken Olin, for anybody that doesn't know, he's one of our executive producers and directors of This Is Us. Um, Yeah, it's like TV for me was always the staple. Right. And I think film was like that far-reaching goal. Like, man, I want to be 40 feet on a movie screen. Right. Then you kind of stop looking that far and going, wait a minute, but I'm in... 17 million homes every right. Tuesday or Monday and now or whatever. It's just, and now it's just merging. I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, the big question now is what makes a movie different from a TV show if it's just on a streamer and it's just in a theater for two weeks? Yeah, movies are just shorter. They're, they're, they're... But are they? Because, you know, you have a... Let's say you you have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Sure, two, 248. 248. Break that down to... That could be almost a three-episode limited series. Yeah, but who's making three episodes? People are like, six episodes, uh, eight episodes. A very British scandal. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I got there it. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll happen. I mean, yeah. look. What? Uh, who was it? Hulu, Netflix, I can't even remember. They're doing 15-minute episodes yeah. for shows now. Yeah, exactly. So, like, someone Quibi was talking. All that. Yeah, someone was talking about a movie the other day, and it was really long, and I said, just think of it as binging. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not yeah. really yeah. We're getting set up to do that. Yeah. Um, do you think movies have to play in a theater to be considered a movie? I don't. I yeah. mean, I, I watch a lot of movies at home, on my right. TV, uh, on an airplane, on an iPad. <laughs> you know, it's 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 funny that TV or film has all just become this bigger content. Yeah, it's content. It's content. Yeah. You know, it's like what we're taking in. And then that extends to anything on social media that we're pulling in or... or um, but I, I think it's, 
cool and it's fun. Like I still enjoy going to the movies. Right. Like once upon a time in Hollywood, like I was there with my two two closest friends and popcorn and that's a movie you want to see on the big screen. Oh yeah, yeah, and you want to see it again. Or like I saw Apollo Eleven, the documentary mm-hmm. about uh, the moon landing. Yeah. Apollo moon landing. I saw that three times in the theater. Wow. Yeah, once in IMAX and then twice just because I'm like, I got to see it again. I got to see it. I have to like reach across the screen right. to see it. You don't want to see that on your watch. But yet I still have watched it sitting on my phone <laughs> on an airplane because I'm just, I'm fascinated by it. So I, I I think as wonderful as it is, I just hope movie theaters never go away because it's such a unique experience. And maybe right. it's nostalgia for me or for us, like because we grew up going yeah. to movies. But also we grew up in the television era and being at home is pretty great. But also being at home, like, man, you're going to fall asleep on your couch. Well, that's, that's the issue too. You fall asleep on your yeah. couch. I don't you know. Just, I fall asleep in movie theaters too. I do so. that too, actually. Yeah. You I know can. what I like doing? If it's like a movie that I'm like, okay, I got it. I'll see, I'll see actors walking into the scene. Then I just close my eyes and listen. And I'll I'll hear the performance. I'll hear it. And then when I hear a scene change, I'm like, who's this one now? <laughs> Oh, great. And I listen. Yeah, see, in my, in my job, obviously I have to go to a lot of premieres. <laughs> sure. I don't want to fall asleep during yeah. the premiere. That's rude. So I've perfected the art of... Like, I just do not... You know how, like, yeah. you jer- I don't jerk. It's like stop moment. motion. Yeah. You're watching stop motion yeah. then, ultimately. Yeah. You know, this, when the snoring happens, that's, when, that's really, <laughs> no, really uncomfortable. No. Oh, man, Mark. <laughs> don't take me to a movie after 9 o'clock at night. Oh yeah, yeah. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Like, I saw I saw Quentin Tarantino's film at ten in the morning on a Sunday. So I'm like, I'm, I'm fresh, <laughs> I'm ready. Here I go. I'd already been at the gym in the morning. Yeah, this is great. You're like, I am not falling asleep during no, this. No, no, and I didn't. I was wrapped. Awesome, Milo. This is great. Fantastic. Congratulations on the Emmy. Thanks, congratulations man. on the movie. Thank we'll you. see you at the Emmys. Great. Looking forward to it. Rehearse your speech. I think oh. your parents will be in there. I think as a actually, you know what, mom and dad are coming with me. Nice. Yeah. Like no, they're coming son. with. Well, I kind of got tired of them saying no for two years, and I like <laughs> it happened. I got nominated, and you know, of course, like they're they're one of the first calls, and, and I, I call mom and dad, and and, wow. and I'm like, hey, and I was just about to say, you're going. You're mm-hmm. going this year. I don't care what you say. And my dad goes, oh, hey, so we want to go this year. And I'm like, oh, now's the year, Pop? You're not holding out for the Oscars anymore? These are the TV Oscars, Pop. These are the TV Oscars. So, yeah, so they're going to go with me. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll see you there. Perfect, man. Awesome. See you Thank there. you, sir. Thanks, Mark. That was Milo Ventimiglia. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Big Ticket. Coming up next week, Hugh Grant. He reveals that he's thought about running for office the one celebrity who recently left him starstruck, and plus he tells me why he said no to playing a villain in an upcoming superhero movie. That's all coming up next week on The Big Ticket. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Malkin. See you later. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. 
You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.